right, everybody, another episode here of Leap into the Week, week number five. Happy Monday to everyone. Of course, no other than Mr. Patrick Fingal, CEO of Leap, joined us today. How are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing well, Patrick. How are you? Man, doing good, man, doing good. Uh, the first four weeks, of course, if you have not checked them out, everybody, encourage you, go check out um, the first four weeks and talk about some incredible stuff. And no, today is no different. Uh, we're talking about something that... Uh, well, let's just say it can seem nowadays a little more old school, brother. Um, radio. Um, people talk about social media, YouTube, all that stuff for advertising and marketing. But you've had some success and you have experience in working with radio that a lot of small markets out there are probably still considering here, even big markets. I'm looking forward to you educating me a little on this one today. Yeah, yeah. So I am actually a proponent of radio, to ter terrestrial radio, uh, traditional media. I think it still works. Uh, there is variables in that based on the market and based on the product that you sell, right? But home improvements typically in general skew older. Um, and older people, while listening to streaming, you know, when they're in the car, you know, they're still probably listening to the terrestrial radio a lot. And, you know, we still get, you know, in my experience, still get uh, uh, pretty good results from it. Um, you know, I think it's really important. Um, I, you know, I see a, I've talked to a lot of, you know, roofers, windows, siding guys in the past and just home improvement people in general that have come into the market. And, um, you know, they 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 call me because, you know, my company was a really big radio advertiser. We were spending, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars a month on radio, you know, in multiple markets. And people would come in and they'd say, um, you know, hey, how do you. Uh, you know, I, I want to get on the radio and they would take a $5,000 budget and they would throw it on their radio and they would expect that to yield a result. And when it wouldn't like yield a direct response result, they would go on, they would go off, they'd go from one station to the next. And at first you like hearing your name on the radio, you know, uh, it makes you feel good. Your business is prestigious. Your friends start to acknowledge it. But from an ROI, it doesn't really work. So you need to make sure that you get the right amount of balance. You know, you need to pick the station, not that you listen to, but the station that your listeners are on. And you do need to, when you go into radio, you have to think about how am I going to pay for this? Because I can't go spend $10,000 a month on radio and expect it to yield me $100,000 in sales with a 10% or, with, you know, at, at a 100% at a or sorry, 1000% ROI. You have to go in with a realistic expectation that, hey, if I spend $10,000 on radio, I'd be lucky to maybe get $40,000 in transactions. So, you know, that's a four times ROI. And based on my margins, I can't do that. So if I'm stepping into radio, maybe it's time for a price increase to justify that. But you got to figure out how to work with inside of those parameters of, you know, if I'm going to step into this, yeah, I can grow and scale my business. But my marketing costs could represent 20% of spend, you know, I mean, 20% of dollars in the door. And like when you tell people that, like, at, you know, some smaller companies are like, you spend 20 cents on, I make 20 cents on the dollar. Like, how can you spend 20 cents on the dollar? And that's where you're like, well, our margins are 60%. Got it. So, so you how, can't kind of do one before the other, right? Well, my question is when you were trying to make that decision between where I put my dollar bills, do I put them towards radio or maybe another, I don't know, new school form of advertising, let's say, like a social media, Facebook, a YouTube. How did you make that decision that that was a good place for the investment for your company? So when we started, it was a little different. You know, Facebook wasn't as big as it was and streaming wasn't there. So we kind of stepped into terrestrial because it was a way to reach the masses. And like mm -hmm. when you do this, it's a cost per thousand. Right. So 
Um, there's some really tactical ways, which is probably for a different call. It's a longer, probably a, maybe a one hour podcast that talks about how do you take your market? How do you understand what your market share is? How do you understand how many of your products are going to be bought? And then you understand, okay, I'm going to go to these radio stations. They're going to tell me of those people, how many of them listen to your station and what's my frequency, right? Because whenever you spend on terrestrial radio, the problem with it is it's not targeted. So when you spend on terrestrial radio, you're speaking to everybody. So you could be speaking to people that would never buy your product. They don't even own homes. They could be traveling, right? They're just here for a visit, right? So you have to really important part of this understanding, you know, if I'm on a radio station, I'm advertising a product and only 10% of the people on the station can even buy my product or even within my addressable market, I'm, I'm wasting dollars. I'm wasting 90% of the spend. There's always going to be waste in it, but you'd like to see that number up to like at least, you know, 40%, you know, saying, Hey, the audience that I'm speaking to 40% of these people at some point in time could potentially be my customer. Um, you know, uh, and so, you know, I'm only wasting 60% of my ad dollars. So there's a tactical approach to it because it's a cost per thousand. I mean, you're really trying to look at markets. Like, hey, I want to reach a thousand of my customers and I want to do it on a dollars and cents basis. So, you know, what does that cost me on Facebook? What does that cost me on a streaming? You know, what does that cost me on, you know, um, Pandora or whatever, um, or YouTube videos, you know, or, or pre-roll um, and you kind of go through that. And the thing is, is radio is expensive, but it's cheap because it re reaches masses on a cost per thousand. It's hard to beat. TV's even better, more expensive. But that's why, because on a cost per thousand, um, there's also this tactical thing between kind of like direct response and branding. So like, you know, uh, when you put a Facebook ad in front of somebody, I mean, I don't go to Facebook for advertisement. I don't know if you do, you know, you go to Facebook to see pictures of your niece and nephew. Now you're, you're hit with advertisements. And if those advertisements are relevant to you, you might act on them. You might act on them. If, if you see a random social ad from somebody that you've never heard of before, and let's say you are in the market for, you know, a one day bath project or, you know, a new, you know, new shower insert, you know, um, if you see, you know, that product, uh, you might interact with it because you need it. Your likelihood of interacting with it goes up much higher if you need it and you're your brand conscious of that company. Oh, I've heard of this company. Oh, I need this. So that's where that radio really helps to support some of those other things. So, you know, when you start advertising on radio, you might not get a lot of radio calls, but you might see your, your Facebook ads start to convert at a higher rate. And you're like, man, Facebook is killing it. Let's dump the radio and put money into Facebook. Well, then you dump the radio, you put the money into Facebook, then the Facebook's not killing it anymore. And you're like, well, what happened? Well, that's because you were creating brand awareness with the people in the marketplace. And then they were seeing you on Facebook and you weren't as much of an advertiser. You were more like somebody that they knew and kind of built some trust with. So they were acting on those Facebook uh, leads uh, at a higher uh, at a higher rate. So your conversion rates were really, really good on that. So you kind of kind of have to do both and balance both. You know, one of the problems I see right now in the contracting world, Patrick, is there's a real desire, I think, for contractors to have a lot of likes, a lot of followers to, to feel vindicated that way. But I think what they might be missing, brother, is that, you know, if you get a like from, I don't know, Yugoslavia, that's not going to buy your product. But the potential people listening to the radio within a 10 to 20 mile radius around where your office is, all of those people are a better option, in my opinion, than your guy over in Africa who's going to like your video because i don't know i guess they saw it on some algorithm and you know that's what it was 
There's more value, in my opinion, to the people local to your market than there is to individuals halfway across the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing is, you know, look, social is a place, you know, it's a forum. So, you know, when you're a larger company, you do social advertisement, you're always also getting hit with dissatisfaction. It's just an easy place for some people to play like, oh, this ad's stupid. Hey, I'm trying to see photos. So you get a lot of hate on it, too. And then that hate is out there. And then you're like, do I hide the comments or do I respectively respond to them and ask them to reach out to our customer service department? And, and you know, our customer opinions are all the most important to us. Right. So and you have to do this really good job of responding to all these things. And that's what the people that are selling Facebook ads and Yelp ads tell you to do. They're like, you got to respond to these hate mail. And I'm like, well, Jesus, you know, what's my ROI on this thing? Am I actually generating revenue from this? Or am I just spending dollars with you to respond to customers that maybe didn't have a perfect experience? And some of them didn't have a perfect experience. They just don't like my advertisement. It's right in front of their face. And, you know, they're just going to hate on me. Um, so, you know, you really, like I said, you really, you have to look at that. I mean, there's nothing like grassroots advertising. So if you're mm -hmm. a smaller contractor, I mean, you know, you're going to start with the easy, cheap stuff. You know, you can maybe do a little radius canvassing around your job site. Maybe you do some, uh, you know, referral base. Maybe you get with, you know, get the referral or GTR and you try to, you know, generate, um, you know, you try to generate leads that way. Maybe you hire one or two canvassers because believe it or not, that's actually cheap. And you get a few leads that way and, and you start to build that. The problem is, is like when you start to go to scale and you're like, okay, you know, it's time to go. You're either going to dump money into Google ads and digital um, you know, and Google ads, your branded AdWords will perform well. But if you, you know, uh, your non-branded AdWords, which is like, you know, roofers in your state, you know, they perform much better if it's supported by television, if it's supported by radio or some sort of broadcast media, some sort of brand building media. Because when people search roofing contractors within the state, their particular state, they see two companies that they know, and then they see two or three companies that they don't. Which one are you going to act on? Yeah. You're going to act on the two companies you know. How do you know those companies? Because they were serving you social ads or because you saw them on television or radio? I mean, if you rattle off the companies that you know in your marketplace, you know them from terrestrial TV and radio. And that's why it's not dead. That's why it's not dead. So everybody, right now we're talking to CEO of Leap, Mr. Patrick Fingles of Leap into the week right now. We're talking about radio here. And Patrick, my next question for you is this. You know, when I, when I look at this, some people might be intimidated by, by just getting involved with radio. You know, it's something they haven't done before. Can you just kind of give us an overview? I'm somewhat familiar with it and doing some radio stuff myself, but there's actually like a representative that you can call at a local radio station who most of the time will give you a lot of the statistics, I believe, on what that station does and what your advertising could potentially do. What is that process like when you get involved with a with a local radio station? Yeah. So I like to do this first and foremost. Like one thing that most companies don't know is they don't understand what their market share is. So they don't understand what their market share is because they think it's like, how do you figure out your market share? It's actually pretty easy. You can go to websites like Info USA and you can do a radius around your market and you can say how many homes kind of fit um, you know, fit, um, you know, my service requirements, right? Like, so if you're doing like roofing, for instance, like how many of homes in this area are of this age, are residential, non-rental properties, and it'll give you a number. 
And then what you do is you say, okay, there's 300,000 homes in this, in this, in this vicinity. Right. And then you say, it's really simply say, well, how often does somebody replace their roof per se? How often does somebody do a bathroom project? And you can get that same statistic on that same site. And it's like, oh, every 18 years or every 25 years, typically a roof is replaced. So you're like, okay, there's 300,000 potential homes that I got really quick for free off this website. There's 300,000 homes that are going to replace their roofs every 25 years. So I take the 300,000 homes, I divide it by every 25 years, divided by 25, and that tells me how many homes are going to get a roof within a particular year. And then I say, how many roofs did I do last year? And I take that number and divide it by that yearly number. And that says, hey, there's 300,000 homes in my vicinity. On average, they replace their roof every 25 years. That means that 20,000 of them or whatever are going to replace their uh, 30,000 of them are going to replace their roof every single year. And last year, I did 3,000 roofs. I own 10% of the market. Like you can figure it out in 20 minutes. You're like, okay, I own 10% of the market. And you, so you say, and I've talked to people that I've given this exercise to that are in small, smaller kind of more rural areas. And they'll be like, I'll be like, what are your goals? They're like, we want to double the company over the next five years. I say, how much revenue are you doing? I say, well, what's your current market share? And then they'll go do this exercise. They'll come back and they'll be like, oh my God, dude, we got 50% of the market. Because they're in like a small town or something. And they're like, we, we have to have every single roof in order to double. So then it like totally changes, right? The reason this is important for radio is you do that quick exercise and you're like, oh man, I understand what my market share is. If it's south of like 20, 30, 40%, you got plenty of room to grow. You start getting north of 40, 50, 60, 70%. You're like, hey, you know, we, we really have a, sh a hold on this market. We need to start looking elsewhere. So the importance in that is you say, okay, you take that data and you're like, hey, we only have 2% market share. All right, now let's go and look at that same service area. And let's go to these radio stations and let's say, oh, we want homeowners that are of this age, the same criteria you looked to understand who the addressable market is. You give those to those radio stations. And then for those radio stations, yeah, you just call them. They got reps. For those radio stations, um, they'll send you back like, you know, a frequency map. They'll be like, oh, here's our coverage radius. You you look at it over the radius that you just mapped out and you're like, uh, you know, okay, great. Um, and then how many, what percentage of the listeners are in, uh, you know, are in my kind of, you know, uh, addressable market. And you go with the one that has the highest. Now, there is a trick to it. I, I always do better with loyal listenership. A lot of times you want to go on the most popular station. Um, and sometimes you, they'll have a bigger audience. But it's a, a, if it's a music station, it for me, it tends to perform, you know, I think they perform uh, not as good. Uh, unless it's like a really specific state music station, like maybe it's like jazz or, you know, classic rock, there's normally two to three classic rock stations in each market. There's normally two to three country stations in each market. So when you're listening to a country station and you hear the music's off, you know, you go to commercial, you go to your other country station, try to pick a song up. Same thing with classic rock. If it's Christian talk radio, you're probably, there's probably only one of those in your market. Hit that thing. You know, if it's sports talk radio, you know, hit that. If it's a news station, like, you know, hit that. Because I think that those perform better because it's a more loyal listenership. You know, the the, the Nielsen rankings is what they give you. Um, Nielsen rankings, you know, some of those right rock stations, they'll give you, you know, a top hit stations. I mean, they'll give you 
a reach and a frequency that's much higher than the loyal listenership stations. And because it, it, it is loyal listenerships and those people are listening to that station every day, but they're not listening to the advertisers. They're listening to the music. And as soon as they don't like it, they tune out to where with some of these other stations, um, you get a much better, um, you get a much better attention span. So, you know, I like that's the exercise. And it's, it sounds complicated, but it's not. You can do it in a day. You can reach out to all those stations in your market. Think AM. Think about small stations that you don't listen to. Right. And really just kind of look at them. Ask, reach out to the reps. They send you the thing. Go on Info USA. Figure out who your target market is and start cross-referencing. Again, the big rocks, big top hit stations are always going to win from a frequency perspective. And yes, are you're listening to those stations too, but you have that, again, you have those loyal listeners that listen for a DJ, you know, yeah. they're listening to, you know, like in our market, like Kirk McEwen, you know, and they're staying with him because they're, they're tuned in for him. And I really like endorsers too, which is a separate topic, but you know, endorsers are really cheap. They have trust with the listeners. So if you're new to radio, getting those endorsers to kind of talk to you a little bit or talk about you a little bit is a really great way to build trust with the audience instead of just coming in hot. Yep. All right. Final two questions here for you. What do you think about, I'm going to kind of throw one out here to you. You know, um, when you're talking about radio, you talk about these endorsers. If you've got a service that you offer, to offer that service to people that are on the radio that have that loyal listenership, to make sure that they're talking about your product in a way that is believable, um, that there there really are people that are proponents of your product. I don't think enough people reach out and say, hey, man, I'd love to do your bath. I'd love to do the roof for the top DJ that there is in your area that has a loyal following. Want to know your thoughts on that. And then second to that, overall, um, what are your thoughts on radio going to the next couple of years? Still undervalued, properly valued where it's at? So kind of back-to-back questions right there to finish us up. Yeah. Um, listen, I actually go the other direction. I've done some work for some people and I'm thankful for that. We gave them great deals and they say great things, but I haven't been able to tie that back to a result. You know, uh, like we've done a DJ's whole, uh, you know, house and it was great. I was happy to do it. He paid for it. You know, and we gave him a really good deal to do it. Um, and then he can go on there and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm a customer and a fan, you know, I, but it just, I think advertisers, um, it doesn't, that didn't move the needle for me. So calling these people being like bending over backwards to do, you know, a new kitchen for them for free so that they can say I had a new kitchen, that probably benefits them more than it benefits you. I would pay them the fee. Um, you know, I do, um, I don't, you know, uh, again, I, I've sold my company, but um, prior to doing that, I did every month, I would have calls. I personally would have calls with each one of my endorsers nice. and I would let them hear from me. I would talk to them about why I'm passionate about the business. I would talk to them about the radio ad that we were running. You know, I wouldn't, cause if you don't do that, they'll just record whatever you send them your radio copy and they just say the same thing. And that's not what I wanted them to say. I wanted them to say something different than what I was saying, you know, same offer, you know, if we had an offer, so there was consistency, but um, you know, I always just talk to them be like, Hey man, like, you know, this is what makes us different. And I kind of, I always left our spots for, the kind of offer driven converting spot, like call right now at 800, you know, 279, 5300. Now, you know, get 50% off and blah, 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 blah. Like I did that. I allowed them to kind of build my brand and just be like, Hey, you know, Patrick over at, you know, new look, they're doing it right. You know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, uh, you know, and they would more talk about why us, 
So, you know, I just I'm, I'm not big on make, doing their work, uh, you know, doing their work. I'm happy to do it for them, but not not doing it for free in exchange for advertising. And, and most of these guys, they're not terribly expensive, believe it or not. Some of them are only a few hundred bucks a week. So if you put a yeah. $50,000 kitchen in their house, they're going to have to work for you for the next 40 years to like pay that off. Right. Um, and then, look, how do I feel about it? Um, you know, it's, it's going to change. I mean, it's going to continue to change. Listenership is probably going to continue to move to um you know move move away um you know uh from from radio uh kind of to terrestrial radio to digital streaming so i just think you have to monitor it but you know i know we always worry about the future but from advertising perspective what's working today and you need to be nimble with it so if you can still produce results in your market today absolutely Absolutely, I would. And again, it, it changes from market to market. You know, some markets seem skewer, some products uh, skew younger. Um, so, you know, it's this isn't blanket across everybody because there's probably somebody that, like totally disagrees because it doesn't work in their market or something like that. But, um, you know, no, as a whole, it's good for now. Yeah. Radio is good for now. So jump on it, baby. You know? Yeah. I think it's one of those deals that for some reason is looked at as more old school. We know why. I mean, because people grew up on the radio and now they tend to, I think marketing companies have skewed away from that because they can't make the dollar bills with radio like they can in charging a contractor for, let's say, Facebook advertising or SEO. So they don't recommend and don't push the radio because it's not part of their repertoire. Yeah. Um, and it gets pushed to the back burner. But today, talking to you, man, I think that these small markets, especially, they're undervaluing an asset just because maybe they look at it and think, well, AM, FM, it's a little more old school. But if you've got an audience that is listening to that, maybe that skews in that 50 and over and that maybe is loyal to that radio, you could be missing out on a market share and a branding opportunity that, like you said, could be potentially losing you customers on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and SEO because they're not aware of your brand. I think that's pretty powerful stuff right there. Yeah, listen, man, talk to Window Nation. Talk to uh, West Shore Home. Talk to New South Windows. Uh, you know, like I said, Nula comes on, $40 million company, and we built that sucker on radio and television, and it was our number one lead source. And when we stopped it, everything else stopped along with it, and we did it, everything else went up. So, you know, when we built our budgets, like if you're doing trying to get more complex, when you build your budget, you know, yeah, you can build Facebook at an ROI of 900. You can build digital at an ROI of 700 or 1500. You can build, you know, print at an ROI of six or 700. And then what you do is you come in and you take radio and you say, I need to spend $10,000 on radio even just to make a difference. Um, okay, but I'm going to produce that at 200% ROI. But I'm going to increase all these by 100%. So I'm spending $15,000 over here at a blended ROI of 700%. Now I'm going to spend $10,000 over here at an ROI of 200%. But I'm going to take that blended ROI up to 900% over here. And you just do the math. And, you know, so it raises everything else, you know. But that that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I've spoken to uh, advertisers like, um, you know, like stations, TV stations like brought me in to talk to their sales teams, believe it or not. Because, you know, home improvement contractors is a really lucrative business for radio advertisers. I mean, in most markets that are good home improvement markets, 50% of the advertisers are home improvement guys. And then it's like Geico and Dunkin' Donuts, right? Uh, and that ran, rounds it out, right? Um, so they would bring me in and speak to them about, like, you know, giving them points. And the one thing that they never do is they never tell you you're going to have to increase your results. They are, in, I'm sorry, increase your, 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 your price. And that's, that's the advice I gave them. They never came in and said, hey, do you advertise on the radio now? 
No, you don't. All right. Well, Bob, it Bob's roofing, uh, you know, you're going to, you should increase your price before you start because you, you know, I don't know what your margins are, but if your margins are at least 50 or 60%, you're probably not going to be able to afford a two to 300% ROI. So that's what happens. The guys don't, you know, when they step into radio, they don't, you know, they're working on a 30% margin or a 20% margin that radio is going to eat all that. Yeah. So the reason you do it is scalability because you can get big, you can get volume, you know, but it's expensive. Every one of those companies I rattled off is probably spending 15 to 25 cents on the dollar on marketing. Wow. They're marketing companies. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're doing. You know, the, they're just the widget they're installing is a, a window. It's a it's a roof. It's a you know, it's a one day bath. Right. I mean, but they're all spending a ton. Well, I hope what we've been able to do here today is give some of the contractors out there the opportunity to at least say, hey, listen, maybe this is worth taking a look at. I've I've neglected this part of my marketing repertoire. And I hope what we've been able to do here today, Patrick, is say, hey, listen, there's an opportunity you might be missing that. You know, your marketing company may not be pushing right now for for reasons that they can't make money. And yet you have an opportunity to reach an audience and brand awareness that, hey, you're missing out on. So I think I hope that we've at least given some people an opportunity to think about FM AM radio right now in the traditional sense. Awesome. I love it, man. Thanks for joining us, everybody, for Leap Into the Week. We'll be back next week with Patrick Fingles, and we'll be talking about promotion, working people within your company up that ladder, or do you got to hire from the outside uh, we'll be talking to him about how he's worked it within Leap and the other companies that he has owned uh, to make them successful and scale above the competition. Until next time, everybody, join us here for Leap into the Week every Monday.